The peace of our Lord be with you. John said to the crowds who came out to be baptized by him, You bunch of snakes, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has no coat. And whoever has food must do likewise. Every three years, the lectionary asks the church throughout the world to read those words from Luke's Gospel on the third Sunday of Advent. And every time they roll back around, they take me back to Christmas Day of 19. 95, a day when Marcia and Joshua and Maria and I actually took literally exactly what John the Baptist said to the crowds who had come to be baptized. For several weeks, all through the autumn and early winter, coming and going from our church, we had noticed a group of six or eight men, obviously homeless, who were sleeping on a large subway grate, gathering whatever heat they could absorb from the underground subway system. So, we got up on Christmas morning, and not knowing if those men would be there or not, we began to prepare to visit them. And Marcia cooked, uh, I don't know, three or four dozen homemade, from scratch, buttermilk biscuits, and filled them all with good things, divided them up into about a dozen gift bags. And Joshua and Maria and I loaded our car with all of these big winter coats and jackets that Mercer University had given us as going away presents because we were moving up north from Macon, Georgia. They didn't want us to freeze to death in Washington, D.C. And off we went, mid-morning, Christmas Day. And sure enough, when we got there, there they were, those seven or eight men huddled up on that big subway grate trying to stay warm. When first we approached them, they looked at us with some suspicion and maybe a little fear, not knowing what we were up to. But before long, they were trying on coats to see which one fit who the best, enjoying a big Christmas breakfast, laughing, joking with one another and with us. It wasn't a moment that changed anybody's life. And it most certainly did not change the world. But 
for that one beautiful moment, there was joy. Unfiltered, only for a moment. God's will being done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God coming. Joy. A reminder for us that John's stern call to repentance and his fierce demand that those who have extra coats give one to someone who has none. And those who have more food than they need, share it with those who have less than they need. Was not John blocking the path to joy, but rather John showing the way to joy. When we read this fierce call to repentance, in Luke chapter 3, it's easy to wonder, what's a verse like that doing in a place like this? What is such a stern, severe call to repentance doing on the pink candle, third Sunday day of joy? But the truth is, that call to repentance doesn't block the path to joy. It opens the way to joy. There are lots of places, my sisters and brothers, where you and I can find happiness and satisfaction and a sense of pride, all of which are wonderful things if you can have them, but all of which are also utterly dependent on how your life happens to be going at any given moment. Happiness is a beautiful thing if you can have it, but happiness is tied entirely to how things are going for me and mine. Joy is something altogether other than and different from happiness. For those of us who are followers of Jesus, for those of us who have a baptism to live up to, joy is that sense of well-being we know that comes from doing the right thing. It isn't always as easy as giving someone a coat you don't have to have or some food you don't really need. That may actually be the easiest of all the ways for us 
to know the joy that comes from letting the love of God, which has come down to us, go out through us. Often, it is much more difficult than that to embody the spirit of God. And sometimes it comes at great cost. This letting the love of God which has come down to us go out through us. But on those occasions when we are able sufficiently to set aside our fears and open our lives to the wind and fire of the Holy Spirit and put ourselves out there to sit down with and stand up for the same people Jesus would sit down with and stand up for if Jesus was here. There is this quiet, deep, solid sense of peace that is true joy. It doesn't subtract from our lives any of the pain of our lives. Our lives are still just as hard. Whatever diseases we are facing, whatever struggles we are enduring are still just as much a part of our life as they ever were. But doing the right thing, embodying the love of God in the world, sitting down with and standing up for the same people Jesus would sit down with and stand up for if Jesus was here, while it does not subtract any of the pain from our lives, it does add to our lives something that is deeper and stronger than happiness or satisfaction or a sense of pride. As fine as all those things are, what embodying the love of God gives to us is a sense of deep, solid, quiet joy, which no one and nothing can take from us. When I was thinking about all that this week, my mind traveled to the other end of the Gospel of Luke. It's one of those passages that belongs to the uncommon lectionary. The lectionary never assigns it to a Sunday morning. It's a Good Friday reading and thus it is for many of us a very obscure corner of the Gospel of Luke. It is that moment in Luke chapter 23 when Jesus is making his way to his crucifixion. And as he carries the cross through the streets, 
there are some people over on the side of the road who are crying for Jesus as he goes to his death. Remember what Jesus says to them? He turns and says, don't weep for me. I think it's one of the most joyful moments in all of Scripture. <laughs> don't weep for me. I've lived the life I came to live, and I'm dying the death I came to die. Don't weep for me. I think about that a lot in terms of, of the death that will come for all of us someday. For us to be able, if we know death is coming, to be able to say to those who are near to us and dear to us, don't weep for me. Weep for the tenderness of our parting. Weep for all the moments we'll miss. Weep for the joys we won't get to share and the burdens we won't get together to bear. But don't weep for me. I've had my joy. I've lived my life. There have been those handful of moments in my life when I have sat down with and stood up for the same people Jesus would sit down with and stand up for if Jesus was here. I've had those moments when at whatever cost or criticism, I have let the love of God which has come down to me go out through me. It didn't happen every day. It may not have happened even every year. But I've known what true joy is. So weep for the tenderness of our parting Weep for all we will not get to see and do together. But don't weep for me. I've known joy. Which is true joy. So when stern, severe, fierce, ferocious, John calls upon all of us to repent and open our lives to the Holy Spirit and put ourselves out there and use whatever power or privilege or comfort we have to lift and bless the lives of those who are in need of help and hope. Stern, severe, fierce, ferocious old John is not blocking the path to joy. He is showing the way to joy. Amen.